Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's going on and welcome into the Friday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeaGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson, alongside my co-host as always, Jim Iconoffer of Pelicans.com. New Orleans swept the homestand after defeating the Los Angeles Clippers for the third straight time this season, five in a row going back to last year, 113-89. to Jim and I will get into that game later on, but I want to welcome in our special guest for today, John Schumann, senior writer for NBA.com and NBA TV, as uh, John does the power rankings every single Monday. They are the most extensive power rankings that I read and Jim read every Monday. Use a lot of the notes for the broadcast, so we wanted to have him on to talk about where the Pelicans might move up, hopefully, after these two wins and see also... Uh, kind of how the power rankings are made. John, I appreciate the time. How are you? I'm great, Danny. How are you doing? I'm good. Good. Well, let's start with the power rankings and just the process is like for you to put them together every Monday, because obviously the prep work has to begin before that. But how early does the prep work begin for that? Because during the week, you have to follow these teams and they have games to play. So where does this process take place once the power rankings are distributed on Monday? Uh, it begins right away um, <laughs> after a nap, actually, uh, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a hefty nap taken uh, Monday afternoon and then it's right back to work with, you know, just sort of prepping the, the, the stuff for the next week, but then also, you know, watching games on Monday night and taking notes on Monday night's games. You know, basically it's, it's uh, a lot of, you know, watching as many games as possible, but also taking notes on every single game and making sure um, you know, I'm not missing anything that happens, whether it be um, the continuation of a trend and or, you know, something that's an anomaly. I think that's basically what I what I, I look for is trends and anomalies, things that are happening a lot for a certain team and things that are rare for a certain team. And then obviously questions. I think it's it's thing with with the work I do is you, you look at, or whether you're looking at the data and keep asking questions and, oh, that, you know, you, you see something in a game and you want to understand, oh, is that a good thing for them? Is that a bad thing for them? Herb Jones is an interesting player. I wonder how they perform when he's on the floor, that type of thing. Um, and so, yeah, it starts Monday. Uh, as soon as the, uh, the last batch is out, it starts, there's, there's a certain amount of uh, prep work as far as, uh, you know, prepping the, the writing part of it and the, and the data part of it. And then obviously um, watching games and taking notes. How do you find the balance of watching games and using that for your rankings in the data that you mentioned? Because usually with every team, you have links to certain data that you're talking about going back to NBA stats or NBA.com. How do you find the balance of telling your story of how you rank teams based on numbers, but also knowing that you do watch as many games as you can from Monday to Monday. 
Uh, it's tough. You know, it's, you know, there's 30 teams, right? So it's impossible to watch them. I mean, and, and when, and I, I'm the, I'm in the, the mind that if you're trying to watch three games at once, you're not watching any of them really. Um, and so I sit down and when I'm watching a game, I'm focusing on that game alone. Um, so it's basically, Hey, let's watch a seven o'clock game. And then maybe I'll catch the third, the last six minutes of a, of another game after I'm done watching that, but really you want to focus on it. So then therefore, um, it's even impossible to watch every team every week. So the, 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 the idea hopefully is to, to watch every team within a, a two week stretch basically. Um, but then also, like I said, just, okay, if I didn't watch the Pelicans game, Clippers game last night. Let's watch the highlights. Let's dive into the box score. Let's try to read a little bit of what has been written by people who were there. Um, and uh, even go a little bit further than that. And, and therefore always be on top, not missing anything, not missing any key injuries, any key trends, um, lineup changes, anything like that. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's a balance. Like sometimes it's like, man, I didn't watch enough of, I haven't watched enough of this team yet. So then maybe you dive into, okay, let me just watch. They had a, a big fourth quarter the other night. Let me just watch that. And that'll help uh, sort of inform for me on both ends, you know, just as far as how they're playing, what they're doing on the floor and uh, you know, how that aligns with the data basically. Before we get to Jim, when you're talking about ranking the teams, and I know obviously record has a big part of it, but I feel like that's not just it because it's easy just to go one through 30 based on record. And with how much you watch and how much you look at data, that obviously goes into factoring, you know, where these teams go. How do you fluctuate these teams? Where do you begin? And then how do you try to move teams up and down based on, you know, these scenarios you talked about, teams that had injuries this week? Uh, teams that had a tough schedule, which you emphasize with every team as well, and the toughest schedules leading into this next week. How does all that factor into, you know, how you move these teams up and down in the rankings? Well, first of all, I don't I, uh, I'll say that ninety nine point nine percent of the effort goes into what's written about the teams. And then like the last very okay. you know, one tenth of a percent goes into. All right. Let's put them in some sort of order. Okay. Because first of all, I, I think see where your team is ranked. This want you as a, say a Pelicans want you to come to power rankings and maybe go. Um, so I'll, I'll record is not, then there's you know quality wins is um, point different now um, that matters more. Uh, you know they're going to be ranked higher than a team with the same record that hasn't that's you know five and six or something in their last eleven or whatever it is. So that, I mean that's basically it and and. I, I point differential, like I said, has something to do with it too, just because there's something to be said about a team that's taking care of business and winning, uh, you know, beating the bad team, you know, scraping by, you know, lesser teams as well. To kind of get into some of the specific enjoy kind of following over. I mean, I read them every Monday, look for one aspect that I always kind of pay versus the West in the previous week. And then the course of the season, I guess my question is, can we finally say degree that the East has competitive standpoint, including the Pelicans, and it has been to be in the East. Yes, the the thing, twenty two years the West is about, um, and now this, you know, Golden State, sort of, and then um, I think tenth in the East is twenty one and sixteen and twenty five, right? Belong to the, in the West. It's sort of a different, you know. There's better than two tier two, two of the West. You know, it's it's kind of a 
a thing where tests, you can sort of say teams we know are going to either make the playoffs or make the play in, but that last spot is wide open and then the East is, is totally different. So, but yeah, I think there's, it's good. I think, like I said, the East definitely has some, um, a little bit more depth to it as far as the quality and, and, you know, there's six really good teams, I think in the East, when you go to Cleveland and Philadelphia, finally start Philadelphia starting to put it together and, and Cleveland slipping a little bit, but still a, a very good team. Um, whereas the West it's like, okay, there's four. Right. And so it, it basically, right. Because you want to be in the, you want to be eight because you, you mm-hmm. want to host the, the other play in game. So there's a, you know, the right versus games that are, um, I enjoy it off scenarios, especially when you get to the talked about how it's been, I don't know if unfair is the right word, but it's been a fact that we're not just making this up recently written about this, about how in their own separate category to 10 through that group at the Pelicans perspective right now, at least I've talked about this a lot lately because in there, um, how do you see the teams that we're talking about as far as the Pelicans and, um, the way they're playing? I mean, I would favor since they got Brandon Ingram, that makes them, you know, 15, certainly looking like the most matter and strength of schedule matter. I know they have some road, uh, like a road stretch, big, fairly big road stretch coming up and, and getting through that will, will, with some wins will be important. But if you were to say, okay, who do you think gets that 10th spot? I would, I would pick New Orleans just because of they're the one that's been playing somewhat consistently um, and consistently well uh, over the last three or four weeks. Whereas, you know, Portland obviously is going to be without Damian Lillard for a long, long time. Sacramento is just up and down and, and, you know, should be the most desperate team. I would think of, (laughs) of all these, of all this group to, to, to have a chance at the playoffs, but, um, just can't seem to put it together. Um, and then the other teams, I, I just don't know if they, if they care all that much about making the, the hitting the 10th spot. So, um, like I said, I mean, New Orleans has, has, uh, what has become a really good starting lineup, um, led by Brandon Ingram. And obviously they perform so much better, especially offensively when he's, since he's been back. Um, and you know, that, that, that tells me that they're, they're the favorite for that spot. Um, obviously a lot of season left to go. Yeah. I want to, um, see if we can get, I know you, I've read this numerous times by you that Minnesota, you refer to, you know, kind of tongue in cheek as the greatest lineup ever. <laughs> so what we're hoping for is that if the Pelicans keep playing the way that they have been with this starting lineup, that we can also get some kind of John Schumann uh, moniker for this new, <laughs> new five man group. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I, I'm, I'm happy to, uh, to uh, talk about the success of that group. I'm a big Herb Jones fan. Ever since the first 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 game I saw him play, I was like, oh, I like this guy. It, it, it's funny, he, he, he reminded me the first time I saw him play, he looked like, he looks like Derek Jones Jr. out there, right? Because he's a lefty, he's skinny, yep. he's kind of bouncy. Um, and he wears number five too. I think, I think Derek Jones Jr. used to wear number five at some point. Yeah, um, yeah. So I was like, oh, this, he's kind of a Derek Jones, but then realized, oh, he does a lot of really good things, especially defensively. And then to see him shoot so well over the last um, few weeks has been a really pleasant surprise. And then you think, OK, this guy, how are they going to take this guy out of the lineup when when they're fully when Zion Williamson comes back? It'll be uh, 
interesting to see how um, how Willie Green uh, you know deals with that. But um, and so yeah, that lineup is competent. You know, I you know Devonte Graham has played pretty well. Um, Josh Hart is a is kind of a menace. Um, Ingram obviously is really talented, and Valanciunas is just a beast inside. So it's a, it's it's a it's a lineup without very many weaknesses. You know, the one thing I would say, oh, you know, Devonte Graham is not going to, you know, be attacking the paint and having a lot of success in the paint. But if uh, when you got Valanciunas doing that, and you got Ingram, um, you know, playing the way he is, it, it it sort of doesn't matter as much, and and it's been a group a, a, a solid group defensively too. And that's, that's, that's really important. I guess the biggest question I have for you before I let you go is how much will the Pelicans move up based on just you being on this podcast? Does that automatically move <laughs> them up a couple spots here? I just kind of want to engage with you on that before we get you out of here. It's all about the uh, it's all about what, what happens on the floor, but what, Fortunately for, for them, what's happening on the floor right now is pretty good. So they will, I'm sure they'll be higher than they are right now come Monday. Um, you know, obviously blowing out the Clippers, even if the Clippers are shorthanded, winning the game so easily like that, that matters. And, and well, they've won three or four. So I think, um, you know, they are, I think when you really look at the bigger picture and just how well they played with Ingram, knowing Ingram's around, um, I think, yeah, I, I probably had them too low last week, honestly. And so I, um, I know they'll be higher this week coming up. Well, that's good. Cause if they drop, that means that it was because of Jim and I, uh, having you on the podcast. <laughs> so at least I know that we're in good hands that they are moving up. That's John Schumann, senior writer for NBA.com. Again, make sure you check out the power rankings on NBA.com every Monday. I'm not just saying that cause he's on there. Jim and I talk about it all the time, how much we get out of reading them, not just for the Pelicans, but learning about the Pelicans' upcoming opponents. All those things matter when it comes to John's power ranking. So make sure to go follow him. How can folks follow you on Twitter, John, before we let you go? Uh, it's at John Schumann, J-O-H-N-S-C-H-U-H-M-A-N-N. All right, John, I really appreciate it. Keep up the great work. and We'll have you on soon. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Again, that's John Schumann, senior writer for NBA.com. Again, make sure you look at those power rankings. They are definitely something that I learn a ton about every single Monday, whether it's uh, Pelicans or their next opponent or just every team in the NBA. And one thing that really stuck out to me, Jim, was when grouping up these teams that are battling for that 10th spot, whether it's Portland in that 10th spot right now, or you have Sacramento, you have New Orleans, you have San Antonio, you can even throw Oklahoma City in the mix. Um, and I'm sure I'm missing a team. Um, but he said that, he feels the most confident in the Pelicans. And again, they had one of the toughest schedules to start the season. So I know that factors in, even though they have a tough road trip coming up. But um, it was nice to hear that, you know, the way they've been playing is not only striking a chord with everyone in the city, it's also striking a chord with some of the national writers like John. Definitely the games in his neck of the woods. He's based in Boston and New York have had very similar seasons where they've hovered around 500 and one week you think that they're headed in the right direction and the next week everybody's panicking in those gigantic you know media centers where people talk about the team as as much as they do so um it's it's a difficult stretch as far as home road but i feel a lot better than i would have if this was happening in november when the pelicans were really struggling they also have a four game trip um end of january beginning of 
February where they go to Cleveland, Detroit, Denver, and Houston. A couple of those teams are at the bottom of the standings in the league, although the Pelicans did already lose to Houston once um, about a month or so ago. So it'll be interesting to see what they do, but um, I agree with John. I mean, if you look at all of the trends and you look at the schedules of some of these teams, things are definitely heading in the Pelicans direction as far as if you were going to pick a team among that group. I mean, they look pretty good. We've talked about this numerous times lately. If they, I mean, we want them to play better than 500 ball, but if they play slightly above 500 ball the way they have for the last few weeks, um, their chances of moving into 10th, I think are very good right now. But that Houston game was Bi out for that one? Am I mistaken on saying he was? I think was that one I of the seven? He, I think he was. Yeah, I think you're correct. I can look that up really quick. But I I, I believe he was out for that game. Okay. I mean, I, I know he missed he missed the. No, he actually did play that game. Okay, he did play. Well, that was an outlier then. I just feel like you know, and John talked about it. You know, with with Bi's injury, and we've talked about in the last twenty three games since that blowout against Minnesota at home they're 13 and 10 so I know we talk about games that they lost earlier in the season but now I feel like and I think you'll agree with this that this is a completely different team you mentioned the lineup the starting five um, that Willie Green has in place right now is 10 and 5 overall and so Mm -hmm. you're just seeing a a change in everyone's role you're getting consistency you're also having different guys step up off the bench now you're seeing Jose Alvarado into rotation more Billy Hernan Gomez who was in is kind of on the outside looking in with Jackson Hayes pretty well playing well. So it, it's just, I think like we're seeing a completely different team than what we saw in the first 13 games. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I hadn't thought about that that much, but you just brought up an interesting point as far as it seemed like the first few weeks of the season, when a guy was called upon to play more minutes or fill a different role than he had been previously, the results were not good. And that was part of pretty frequently more often than not, you were getting, you know, kind of underwhelming performances. And that was part of why the bench was such a problem and something that everyone talked about the first few weeks of the season. Lately, though, it seems like it's been the opposite that almost no matter who or what you're asking a guy to do, they seem to be able to respond. And we've seen that with Gary Clark's had two or three games where he's been a very prominent part of why they won, such as the Cleveland comeback game and a a couple other recent ones. Um, Jose Alvarado had a really nice performance last night that he was complimented for by Willie Green. Um, it just seemed, Jackson Hayes has played really well lately and been a big spark. So it's really flipped. And I think a lot of that just goes to the confidence of the individual players and the team overall that they've talked about lately, that they've gotten that from Willie Green and the coaching staff that we believe in you, that when you go out there, that you can be successful. And I'm, I, I feel like the results speak for themselves based on what they've done over the last six, seven weeks. It is amazing talking about Gary Clark that when the Pelicans signed him, it was to take the spot of Didi Luzada for the suspension and that he just seemed like most likely whenever Didi was back, which he is now, that Gary Clark would no longer be with the team. But he's earned his way to have one of those two-way contracts now and actually is between he and Jose are playing some decent minutes at times when they're on two-way contracts. So it just shows you look at last year with Najee Marshall being a guy that worked his way into a long-term contract. It's just nice to see that the Pelicans are able to find these guys that are, you know, guys that are hungry and looking to find a role in the NBA that are finding their niche here in New Orleans. And I think that that's kind of cool to see these different guys step up at different times. And I think hungry was really, to me, the operative word of the game last night against the Clippers. I mean, it just looked like, you know, no disrespect to the Clippers or no offense to them. They obviously don't have two of their best players. They're two best players and the Pelicans don't have one of their best players either, but 
I thought the Pelicans were just really uh, had more effort. They were hungrier for that win. They were more intense. And I, I mean, as we get into the, what a lot of people consider kind of the dog days of the season where you're 40 something games in, but you still have a lot of games left. Um, sometimes that's an adva big advantage where if you're the team that comes to the arena and is ready for to do damage and, and, you know, is really motivated to get a win. I think the Pelicans probably outplayed the Clippers in a bunch of areas last night and might've won the game anyways, if the intensity battle was even, but I mean, I thought they had a huge edge in that area and that, that made a big difference. Yeah. It should be uh, fun to watch uh, this next road trip. It's going to be very important for the Pelicans here to at least whether they get one game, you know, two obviously is the main goal. And it starts with the Brooklyn Nets on Saturday at 6.30 p.m. Central. And then how about some brunch and basketball on Monday, honoring the life and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., 11.30 a.m. Central against the Boston Celtics. So for those who are off work, you can watch or listen and enjoy the game and still have the whole afternoon to do whatever you need to do. And then the Pelicans will have a few days off and wrap up the road trip on Thursday at 6.30. Again, you can watch all those on Valley Sports New Orleans or listen on ESPN New Orleans 100.3 FM. New to the MLK holiday, no podcast on Monday. We'll be back with you on Wednesday and Thursday of next week to kind of break up the road trip a little bit. And so that's when you'll find us next. But we will talk to you on the radio tomorrow night um, as the Pelicans take on the Brooklyn Nets. Jim, I appreciate the time. Uh, let, let's keep rolling here. Let's keep scoreboard watching. Let's get everyone on the train. <laughs> Sounds good. This is this is a lot of fun. This is much more fun than what we experienced at the beginning of the season. And I think a lot of the fan base feels exactly the same way. Yeah, the Pelicans just a half game back now of number 10. And I know some people laugh at us for the scoreboard watching, um, but that's where we are right now. Jim and I are fully embracing it. You're more than welcome to join us too, but we definitely look at the scores every morning and see which teams the Pelicans can jump um, if they keep winning. So hopefully that will continue. Until next week, for Jim, I'm Daniel. Big thanks to John Schumann of NBA.com. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Have a great weekend.